0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Badass Lifter podcast. I'm here with Katie Orlick again. Honestly, Katie's hard to introduce because there's just so many things that we could introduce you by. Like, you yeah. know, the EO fit business, national ranked power lifter, like Buff Chick Supplement sponsored, personally is Met Meg Squats, which I'm very jealous <laughs> about. Um, how many? How many there's other things can there. we...
1: How many There's things can we there. throw in
0: there? Follow her on TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, YouTube. The um, whole
1: thing.
0: Celebrities are being, are shouting you out now. So that's like a whole oh my other like Even in the last time, and, and you've been on the podcast before. So anybody who's been yes, on it. Yeah. And, uh, and you did great there. I encourage people to check out those episodes as well. Um, but even since the time you've been there, I feel like your life is just watching vicariously through your TikTok. I'm like, oh my yeah. God. Like, what are you, what are you not doing? Complete 180
1: complete, complete 180 complete 180 i get to it's really cool i get to travel a lot now which is awesome i i just have the means to travel more for for clients meets and stuff like that so it's been a wild ride but definitely feels like a complete 180 since i been here but i'm and very every, excited to be back
0: yeah no hap- happy to have you happy cuz like listen your expertise is great your success that you've had is very much deserved you put good work out there you have great messaging um and what i want to talk to you about today is kind of like eating disorders and strength training, where I think we talk a lot about the relationship with food and how to heal that. And like, there's never ending podcasts about that. You've talked about that as well. But I think we don't talk about like, how that affects your training. Because there's like, when people come from a deceding ordered background, or they come from, you know, it's not normally just your food that suffers. It's also Mm -hmm. like your exercise. Um, I would love if you're comfortable with it, to share like kind of your experience with that and like not so much the food side, but like when you were working on that, how it affected your exercise routine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, so just a little, you know, history, I started struggling with eating disorders at a very young age. I was about 12 um, by the time that I started um, intentionally restricting my food and it started out pretty innocently how I I hear a lot of other people's stories start out. It started out seemingly innocently with, okay, I'm going to, um, you know, just lose a couple of pounds. Then I'm going to cut out this entire food group and that entire food group and no junk food. And then weird rules around food and things like that. And then all of a sudden I can't stop this snowball that's rolling down the hill and got out of control and things like that. So it, it started out seemingly, but seemingly innocent, but unknowingly dangerous, I think. And so I was about 12 when I started struggling and I went on and off with, I started out, um, you know, getting diagnosed with anorexia and then, um, I struggled binge eating, binge eating, and then I struggled with bulimia. And then I struggled with binge eating disorder again. So kind of the full spectrum of everything. Um, and it's been, it's been a ride. And so I wasn't, in the gym as an athlete when things started out, but breaking that relationship and coming out of that to be a body neutral coach and a body neutral athlete was definitely a wild ride. So growing up, I all that exercise was to me was one, the sports that I was playing. I grew up playing soccer and dance and my performance was completely hindered by My eating disorders, one thousand percent. But we don't, um, you know, it wasn't as structured as. Oh, I'm not putting up great numbers in the gym, or I'm not, um, you know, lifting as much as I was last week. It was just, wow, I can't make it through this class today, or I feel like butt on the field today. Like it just, I definitely felt my performance being being hindered because I wasn't fueling myself at all. and so when I first joined a gym, I initially joined to actually lose weight for a vacation that I was going on because that's what the gym was to me. The gym is a place that you go to wrong the or you know right the wrongs that you've made throughout the week or whatever. Sure. Um, movement was simply a compensatory thing, it was just to to right the wrongs. So when I first joined a gym, it was to lose weight for vacation, and I didn't realize how detrimental this was going to be for me, um, or could have been for me, I should say, because when I finally started and got into the gym and my trainer at the time was fantastic, her name was Sam. And I thank honestly so much of where I am today to Sam. She was like between sets. She was like, Hey, do you mind if I like bang out a couple sets of pull-ups? And I was like, Oh my God, this girl is literally the coolest girl ever. And just seeing her be strong and not focused on aesthetics was really just kind of a complete game changer for me. It completely made things or made me look at things completely different. She
0: showed you a new way.
1: She showed me a new way. Absolutely. I was, I didn't know any other way for movement other than quote unquote, you eat bad, you go to the gym, right? Like that's what it was. And I think a lot of us who grew up in the nineties can relate to that. That's, what it that was that was imaging everywhere that was commercials everywhere that was what fitness was for um
0: and still yeah, is to some I, degree
1: and still is to some degree absolutely i think now honestly and we can get into this later i know i'm totally not even answering the question right now but no, no, you're good. um i think that now eating disorders are just veiled by this veil of health like we look at like two a days as healthy because you're dedicated and we look at Um, you know, intermittent fasting as good because you're, you know, cutting your calories. These things are rooted in eating disorder ideology. Like we, why it just has this veil of health over it, or at least it can have this veil of health over it. Obviously not everybody that does two a days or intermittent fast is going to be, you know, eating disordered, but it has the same feel to it for those of us that, that do struggle. Um, Go ahead.
0: No, no, no. I was going to say like, I I think that's a really good point is that like a lot of these actions are, they can be eating Uh disorder or disordered eating behavior. And then sometimes they're not. And I think sometimes it's hard to tell on the outside um, if you suffer from that or if this is just like the training program that works for you. Kind of like intermittent fasting, like can be from disordered eating or it can just be like the training or the eating style that you actually like. Absolutely. And I think.
1: I think it comes down to the intention behind it, right? The intention behind it has to be malicious, if for lack of a better term. If you're doing these things and enjoying it and you find that your relationship with your body and movement and everything is unbothered or good, more power to you. Like, that's fantastic. But if you find yourself falling into that, oh, I have to do this because... I have to go to the gym again today because I ate this, or I have to cut out this meal because yesterday I overate. Those things are disordered habits, not necessarily eating disorders. I think that those two terms get thrown together a lot as disordered patterns and full-blown eating disorders. Um, But you just have to be so, so careful with it because it it can be a snowball that just rolls out of control. Um, But back to the initial question, I know I'm a little all over the place, but – um, so I I I joined this gym to lose weight for a vacation, and then Sam showed me this completely new way of of living, and I became absolutely obsessed with just getting stronger. And uh, spoiler alert, I did not end up losing weight for that vacation, and everything was fine. The world kept turning and I was okay and I had a great time. Still and had a good vacation. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that, right? Wild concept. Um and so I started squatting and benching and deadlifting and just becoming obsessed with with getting strong. Um, and that's really where things started to change for me. It wasn't really even an intentional choice of, or an intentional doing of, okay, I have to really walk away or distance myself from these disordered habits. It kind of just, my focus shifted and then all of a sudden disordered habits were kind of out of frame of Mm. my view. Right. And I just went with it. I just dove in headfirst into the world of powerlifting and strength training. And years later now, this is the real stuff that I get to do. I know. So Yeah.
0: Now, would you say for people who come from disordered eating or eating disorders, um, we're going to have used those interchangeably, but I'm assuming the same rules would apply. Um, Would you recommend moving them to a strength training approach? Do you think that works well for most people if they want to exercise, but don't want to fall into bad eating disorder habits.
1: Absolutely. The first thing that any personal trainer should do, and I know that, you know, this, and obviously I know this, um, is you have to have that client stable. You have to make sure that they are okay to engage in movement. Hopefully if they have the means to, they have gone through some kind of treatment program, personal trainers cannot treat eating disorders. I will repeat that personal trainers cannot treat eating disorders. You have to get outside care, it is a mental health issue. And if you hopefully have the means to getting help first and foremost and getting cleared by your doctor is the number one um, most important thing before you can start any kind of exercise regimen. Um, Now, obviously along the path of that, relapses are going to happen. Relapse is part of the recovery process for just about anything. But having the backbone of some kind of treatment to fall back on is vital. So I just wanna get that disclaimer out of the way first. but yeah, I think strength training is is the way to go. I will be biased. I think it is the way to go for um, really anybody struggling with disordered habits because unlocking that idea and reality that your body does more than shrink, your body does more than lose weight, your body does more than burn calories. Your body can climb a mountain. Your body can deadlift, you know, three times your body weight if you wanted to. Your body can do so many more things than. Kind of these these seemingly meaningless things that they turn out to be once you discover all that strength training has to offer. Um, Now, with that being said, obviously the best program for you is the one that you enjoy because you're most likely to come back to it. Of course, but even in terms of um, just overall benefits from just a, a, a human standpoint, the benefits of running, yoga, spin, all these things they don't hold a candle to the benefits that strength training can give you in my opinion. Um, and one of my absolute, uh, favorite TikTok creators that, um, I want to make sure that I get her, um, thing correct before I plug her here. Um, your set fitness. I, Oh, she's great. Love Olivia. Yeah. I love Olivia. So shout out to her. I literally was just scrolling today and came across a video where she said that almost exact same verbiage. So Olivia, huge shout out to you. I absolutely love her content. Um, but even just from a human standpoint, all those other, if, if yoga makes you happy, I love that for you. Dive headfirst into yoga. If spin makes you happy, go for it, whatever. In terms of just what we need as humans, we need muscle mass as we age, we need increased bone density as we age, obviously all these things, but just the, um, freedom, I think that strength training offers you, especially if you're struggling with finding your place in the fitness realm after disorders is, is huge.
0: Yeah. I think that's something important to mention is that like, if we're going to tell people not to exercise for certain reasons, we also have to give them a new thing to train for. For sure. And it's like, you know, this, this is one of the big complaints I think I have about like other weight neutral creators is that like, they'll talk a lot about like, okay, don't train for the weight on the scale. Don't train for aesthetics. And like, that can be part of the equation. I talk about Mm -hmm. that. But if you don't give them like, okay, what am I going to train for? instead. Then there's like, now they just don't train, which is bad too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like that's yeah something super important to keep in mind. Yeah.
1: And I get this a lot. I don't know if you get this because I know, you know, you and I both have very, very similar approaches. When I'm on calls with people, specifically my non-client consult calls, I ask people all the time. I'm like, what are your goals? And they're like, oh, I don't know, because it's so hard for us to come up with something other than, oh, I want to lose weight. I want to look good. I want to get quote unquote toned. It's the go to answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard for people to even imagine what a goal could be like outside of aesthetics. But we sit with it a little bit. I'm like, hey, even at right now at this point, your goal can just be I want to feel healthier, like just something. Let's just get away from. The aesthetic part of it. Let's get our feet wet in the gym a little bit. I promise you, you'll figure those goals out along the way. Um, but I think it there is a lot of power in just stepping away from those goals. Even if right now you can't figure it out, that's okay. None of us knew what we were doing. It's going to be clunky at first. But I think eventually, once you dive into the strength training part of it, you're going to be like, oh my God, I saw this girl deadlifting three times her body weight. That's my goal. Like, that's what you, like, oh, you want to be. E- yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you'll figure it out along the way. So even if you don't have those goals figured out right now, that's okay. Um, you'll you'll get there. But absolutely, you need to still have a focus on that. Even if you don't have it figured out right now, you still need to have a focus on that because that's what's going to keep you going.
0: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think like shifting your body from like what it can do as opposed to what it should look like, I think has mm-hmm. like – just a ton of value. And I think when we're talking about eating disordered pasts, like most of that comes from being uncomfortable in your body, not being okay with how it looks or what the number on the scale is, or like, and this kind of forces you to punish yourself via exercise.
1: And I think like also, it can also come from just a lack of control. I had very little control over my life at the time. And, a little trigger warning for self-harm. My parents had just found out that I was self-harming. And when they found out that I was doing that, now I can no longer do that. So what else can I control in my life? So that's where I kind of turned to controlling food. So it absolutely can stem from, I'm unhappy with my body. I am going to lose weight. And I don't even think that that begins to scratch the surface of the thoughts that run through your head when you are struggling because... It, and it, for me personally, it, it did start out as an innocent thing, like oh, I'm just going to start, you know, controlling food, and then all of a sudden, it's much bigger than you are, and you can't control this boulder that's going anymore. So it, it there's so many different reason reasons that eating disorders can can come about.
0: Yeah, no, and and I appreciate you saying as well as that, like trainers cannot, you know, first yeah. of all, we can't diagnose eating disorders, so I'm not going to pretend nope. that we do that. Um, nope. We can't treat. I would say like the strength training is. It helps give you, it helps you refocus and maybe it can be a small part in the plan, but that it is not like, we can't say like, okay, you're going to go into the gym and train for strength now. And then all your eating disorder problems will be gone.
1: Well, um, might I help, Imagine. Yeah.
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd I mean, like it, it helps you helps you refocus. And I think like Absolutely. it gives you a place to focus on something else other than what those problems are, which I think is good. Um, but no, it's not like, I would love to be able to say like, I can cure eating disorders join my program. Um, but like, it's just, unfortunately (laughs) that's, it's would would be unethical for me to say as well as like, not actually true. Because like, as you mentioned, like there's so much more to the eating disorder, like it's a mental issue, right? Like, it's not like, it's not really about the food, like, right. Like there's so much more to it. And that's why you need to see an actual professional who like knows eating disorders um, and yeah, you know, go from there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the way that I kind of like to look at it is personal trainers, we can help you along that path. Like we can, we can, you know, go down that path with you. If we're getting stronger, we're focusing on different things, but we cannot go into the why behind these behaviors. Why are you doing this? Why does this feel good to do? Why is this something that you feel like you have to do? We can't go into any of that, but complimented you know, th- complementing therapy with strength training, I think just, it unlocks so much, ma- so many doors, unlocks so many doors. Yeah,
0: no, I, I I couldn't agree more. I've personally seen that with like the people I've worked with that yeah. like, they, and you know, I you're probably the same as me. Where like, we're kind of the transition away from, yeah. like just like, like from the weight loss aesthetics world where like, sometimes we get someone who like, doesn't care mm-hmm. at all about weight loss or aesthetics. And then we're just like mm-hmm. the best person for them. And then sometimes yeah. we get someone who does care Um, or maybe comes from Mm -hmm. like an eating disorder background past and they there are certain triggers they need to remove from the experience something like Mm -hmm. the weight on the scale before and after photos transformation pics like all of those Mm -hmm. are like pretty problematic for someone with like disordered eating or eating disordered behavior Um, and that we end up being kind of the transition to we can't fix your eating disorder, but we can show you a new world that doesn't revolve around you know these unhealthy behaviors. Like I- I'm assuming absolutely. you've had a very similar experience with like the women you've worked with.
1: No, I, have, I love that you said that, the kind of the transition period or like the stepping stone away from that. I absolutely love that analogy. And I have a lot of women that I work with that something about what they were doing before, which usually included some type of eating disorder behavior, is not working for them anymore. And they're realizing that it's unsustainable. And they're getting to that point in their lives where they're realizing health and fitness is a lifelong journey. And I need to do something that I can do forever. I wanna be able to do what I'm doing now when I'm 75. Like, And what I'm doing now is not necessarily working. So I need to hire somebody that can help me get away from that. Um, I love that analogy of, of the transition or the stepping stone, I love that.
0: Yeah, and and speaking of that transition as well, Do you feel like if someone comes from that background that they can go into strength training right away? Or have you told people like, Hey, maybe the gym entirely is just not the place you should be right now. And like, based on the conversation, like, have you?
1: Absolutely. I've only had one person that I've had to be like, Hey, I don't think I'm the right fit for you. I do think that you need a little bit more of intensive treatment. Um, and they were totally luckily open to that. Not everybody is open to that and that's okay. Um, I think in this field, we do get people that, um, get angry with us and that's all right. It's easier to be frustrated with your coach than it is to be frustrated with yourself. And that's totally okay. We're used to it. But luckily this person was very open to it. And she and I still talk to this day and she's very, very thankful that I had her go that route first because now her relationship with the gym is exponentially better than it ever was. Um, but it really is, you know, a case to case basis. It's super individualized. Most of the people that come to me, they're like, yeah, I've already had experience strength training. Um, but a lot of it was, I'm restricting foods. I don't eat sugar. I don't do this. I don't eat after this time. And all these little things that are seemingly little, but add up to a bigger monster over time.
0: Or, or they might think as little, but, like, in reality, yes. like, avoiding sugar is actually, like, really hard.
1: That's really like, bad. That's and and like you, you no good.
0: Like, you, you avoid a lot of things. And, like, there's yeah. so many things you just can't do. Like, if you truly, like, can never have sugar. Um, yeah. Or what I've seen happen is, like, they make a rule the rule is actually too restrictive. So it becomes almost Mm -hmm. impossible to follow. And then they fail that rule. And then that failing, that rule comes with punishment workouts or like two a days or, you know, Mm -hmm. doing extra treadmill because you had that sugar, which we all know was bad for you. And then like um, that, that's what I've noticed as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a cycle. It's cyclic. Absolutely.
0: And then you, you run. Yeah, exactly. And then you like run into the same problems over and over again. And that, Mm -hmm. Strength training seems to be able to break that cycle or at a minimum, that cycle is less of your life, which I think Mm -hmm. is always always the goal that I have with someone who comes from that background. You know, this is why I don't weigh my clients at all, because I think for a lot of them, it's even if, if they have weighing as part of the process, it ends up becoming like the only thing that matters. So we have to, like, we have to remove it so that they can actually benefit from the experience. Um, Absolutely.
1: I have a couple of clients that have previously worked with coaches that did require weigh-ins, and they've been very honest with with me. And they said, look, leading up to those weigh-ins, I would restrict, like, three days before because I right. knew that a weigh-in was coming. And that is not who weigh-ins are meant for. Weigh-ins are not meant for you if that's what you're doing, right? And I'm very similar to you. I don't have any of my clients weigh in. It is your body. If you want to weigh in outside of our coaching, absolutely go ahead. You can do what you want. Um, I don't care to know. I don't I don't need to know. It doesn't matter to what we do because think of it this way. If you're enjoying what you're doing in the gym, you're having a great time. You're like, I'm hitting PRs left and right. And then all of a sudden you go to step on the scale, you gain two pounds, Now you're going to be like, actually, everything that I just did, none of it matters. Um, Everything sucks. Everything sucks. I actually hate the gym. Um, We need to completely change route. No, 10 minutes ago, before you stepped on the scale, you were just telling me um, how much fun you're having and how everything is great. Why did that change when you found out that number? Why does that hold such a big value over you?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I've seen this happen. Like literally, when mm-hmm. I worked at a commercial gym, where someone's like, "I'm loving the workouts. I'm getting yeah. stronger. I feel better about myself." Goes on the scale, weighs two pounds extra. Now everything was a failure. I failed. Yeah. Like, um, and that's so so unfortunate because we put so much value on this number. When like, why would that take away from any of the other successes that you've had as part of the process? And mm-hmm. so this is this is why I think there there are people who can weigh themselves and it's like just data. And I guess that's fine. But then there's people Mm -hmm. who weigh themselves and it's like time to measure my self-worth. And like, that's like a big, big problem. And I think what strength training lets us do is start to value ourselves beyond the number on the scale or beyond like what we were supposed to look like and gives like a new, which is why like, I think it's super important for like creators and you do a great job of this, of like, not just saying don't do weight loss, actually saying like, but do this instead. Yeah. Um, and I think like strength training fills that gaps in very unique ways. And I have had experiences actually where, cause you're right. Like when people ask what their goals are, some people like genuinely don't know. And, yeah. um, what I've seen happen is they'll be like, Oh, I want to lose weight and I'll respond back to them. And I'll say like, okay, that's great. You know, just so you know, I don't focus on the weight on the scale. I just focus on strength training, but I hope you still mm-hmm. enjoy the page. And, this has happened several times now. The response is like, that's awesome. Like they didn't even know that yeah. was on the table. Like yeah. they were like – like they just thought the go-to answer was like lose 20 pounds. And yeah. so it's, it's nice to introduce them to a world where they don't have to worry about that. And in my opinion, I think strength training, you're, you're less likely to amplify disordered eating habits. I think like, that's that, that's like the experience I've seen and that it ends up like the gym ends up becoming more of like a safe space away from that, as opposed to it being like yet another trigger of the many things in life that like causes those issues.
1: Absolutely. I think that there's so many different little niches still in the gym and there absolutely can be the, um, you know, strength training gets us away from eating disorders. And then there's still those people that, and I think there always will be that it's, it's hiding under this veil of health. And, and all that's coming to my head right now is, you know, the typical fitness influencer, if you will, that, that you think of, it's like, okay, do this to spot reduce fat here. Why are we still doing this? Why is this verbiage still around? This is just like the nineties, but just worded differently. Like I, it grinds my gear so much. And, but still you, you look at, you know, those fitness influencers and, and their strength training, but they are promoting spot reducing and toning and things like this. So I think once you find that right page, that's like, whoa. I didn't even know that this realm of fitness kind of existed. And I hear that all the time as well. I love that, that we both hear that. It's like, whoa! I didn't even know that I could go to the gym and not care about the way that I looked or something that I get all the time too. And I, this is a little bit different, but um, you know, I'll post sumo deadlifts versus conventional deadlifts and people say, what muscle does this work instead? And it's like, uh, well, hold on. Like let's, this is, this can also just be a strength thing. People are always, what muscle does this target? And obviously that is something at the core of exercise science is what is a muscle's function? What does it do? And at the same time though, it doesn't always have to be, Oh, I'm doing this because I want to grow this or I want to, you know, tone this, whatever.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's super important to say. And like normally yeah. people ask, they, they, They're asking what muscle group, not because they want to strengthen that muscle, but because they want to tone that muscle.
1: Yes, exactly. And
0: that, I think, is, like, kind of the the problem, which, like, as you mentioned, and for anyone who doesn't know, spot reduction, it's just, like, not a thing. Um, When you strength train, you are working the muscle, but not the fat in the area. The fat's just chilling. It's not doing anything in the lift. So you, you can't, like, do an exercise to, like, tone this or spot reduce that because, like, it's not really involved in the exercise. So there's, but there's a lot of fitness stuff out there that claims that that's true, um, which is very, very unfortunate. And I'm happy that you're one of the pages who doesn't do that, which I think is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, a Very unique situation to yourself. And I think like, I, you're one of the few people who I think have this problem in the world is because you are so viral, I imagine there are a lot of unsolicited comments body-wise pretty much, I'm going to assume always. Always. Uh, especially if it's viral, how do you deal with that? Cause I think it's one thing to have like your friends and family yeah. make some comments that maybe don't go well, but like for yeah. you, like, and I've seen it where like, you'll have a viral video and you'll get hundreds of comments like all at yeah. once by some, which are totally out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and that people would like, how do you, how do you have a strategy? Cause I feel like your eating disorder, like background, on top of all the comments just seems like it would be a tough thing to overcome, but like, let me know, like how you've dealt with it.
1: Absolutely. It, I will say the internet is a fantastic, or at least the viral portion of the internet is a fantastic breeding ground for eating disorder relapse. Um, it's very, very tough to navigate. So I do have a boundary set on my page. Um, it's pinned to the top of my profile that just says, I don't accept any comments on my body, whether you want to compliment or, not compliment or something that you think is nice. I don't accept any comments on my body. Now we can dive into that a little bit more, but with that being said, I don't expect everybody to go to my page, look at this video before commenting. It's going to happen and that's okay. So anytime I do receive a comment on my body, I say, hey, thank you so much. I just ask that next time um, you understand that I actually don't accept comments on my body. And most people 99% of the time are very, very open to that. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I did not know. Thank you so much for letting me know. And I am... Super super understanding of that. You didn't know. You can't be wronged for something you didn't know. I'm assuming know that,
0: that response would be for positive comments only, though, right?
1: 1000 percent Absolutely. Yeah, like the absolutely. negative comments, you're yeah, not yeah. like, thank
0: you for your comment. Hey, thank, thank you for so telling much. me how fat I am. Or like, thank you know, like thank you so yeah.
1: much for telling me I look like a clown. Uh, thank you yeah. so much. No, absolutely no, no. no, For the positive comments only. You're right. Um yeah. so most of the time I am I am very understanding. Now there are times to- oh, I get a lot of comments that um, are outwardly very, very mean. And I think those are obvious, just, you know, try to ignore it. Delete. I delete a lot of negative comments um, simply because I, I don't want to I go through my comments. I read all of my comments and my boyfriend is constantly telling me not to, but <laughs> I I at least see 90% of, of my comments, right? So if I can't stand to see it there and or if I think that it's going to be triggering for somebody else, I have absolutely no problem either blocking or deleting. It's it's my page and I need to do what's best for my own mental health. I will be so transparent. I used to be that person that would look at these big fitness influencers and I'm like, oh, she's blocking people, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, girl block 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 like I don't care I have no problem blocking somebody if you are not um respectful to either me I can handle being disrespected if you're not respectful respectful to my followers that's where I draw the line I'm like look you're done like you're done yeah um and now I have no problem but it's kind of that in-between area where people think it's a compliment but it's not things like um it's tough to think of an example, but one that keeps coming to my head is it's so nice to see somebody else bulking. And it's like, I'm not. bulking. Yeah, I'm I'm this is just how I am all the time. <laughs> um, so things like that or it's so I used to get tagged all the time. Tag your favorite chunky fitness girly, or tag your favorite not shredded fitness girly. And it's like you don't realize what this is doing to somebody's brain. Right. Right. And so. I just, I have a huge issue with the whole, let's put body labels on anybody. Um, But if you don't know that the person would be flattered by it, it's, it's generally okay to err on the side of caution.
0: Yeah. One comment I've heard that like people mean as a positive that ends up being a negative is like, thank you for being so brave. Is like one that I've heard that my body is
1: not a statement of any kind. It's literally just (laughs) how I exist.
0: It's just, (laughs) yeah, this is where like body neutrality comes in. Is that like, we just don't care. No, that's like the, but it's not like this isn't like a statement of like I am in my body, and it is a political stance on
1: no, it's being just how positive, I exist. and it's
0: just like I just want to lift weights, okay? Yeah, I,
1: I this is just the weird suit that I navigate the world in, okay? Like I don't, I don't have to have any other meaning to <laughs> like it than that.
0: Yeah, I'm not like yeah, which I think again, people mean well, but I, I I'm glad that you made that clarification because I think a lot mm-hmm. of people will like unless you know the person is looking yes. for that kind of comments. I think it's probably err good to err on the side of caution. And like even then, because like from disorienting backgrounds, it's like maybe they're looking for those comments because they're valuing their self-worth and their appearance and that even if they're looking for those compliments and you give it to them, that could be furthering like mm-hmm. their valid like further validating that their self-worth is their image.
1: Absolutely. I, or yeah. or that the disordered behaviors that they're partaking in are quote unquote, working, right? Like my eating disorder loved comments like, oh my gosh, you're looking so great. Okay, good. Now that means I'm going to you know, go harder in this eating disorder. Like this is working. I'm getting positive feedback from other people. And it also hated, you're looking so much healthier. Like that's, to anybody else, that's fantastic. That's amazing. To somebody with an eating disorder, that is, you got fat. Like that, why does our brain do this? This doesn't... Our brain hears these comments differently. And this is not necessarily, this is not me saying, uh, you know, so the person that said you're looking so much healthier isn't the wrong. Absolutely not. This is work that I have to do in therapy and unpack why these things mean what they do to me, right? But in general, commenting on people's bodies, if they are not outwardly like, hey, I did this and I'm really proud of this, girl, go off it. And I did it healthily. Girl, go off. Yeah, I think like, that's
0: that. That's always the key. You that's know, the I, big asterisk there. I, I had, I had yeah. a um, – yeah, our good friend Matt from Cut the Crap Podcast. We had like a, I responded to one of his videos on that respectfully. Yeah. Um, but I, I responded to his videos where he was asking like, well, why can't we compliment people on their weight loss? And my response to that was like, well, without knowing how they got there, Absolutely. like we could be glorifying like really bad behaviors. Like it's like, yeah. oh, great. You lost weight. Like what did they do to get there? eating 800 calories a day, punishment yeah. workouts, you know, hating themselves every single yeah. day, looking in the mirror and being like you're disgusting. Now go work mm-hmm. out. Like if that's how they got there, like do we really want to enforce that and like and he was very respectful. He he said like that was like a good point and like it made yeah. so we do you know, not all of TikTok has to be dunking on people. Yeah, Weight loss um, so, yeah. is
1: weight loss is not inherently good. Weight gain is not inherently bad. There's a lot more that we need to know under the surface before deeming it as quote unquote good or quote unquote bad.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I think like we need to know, like what are the behaviors I think are like the big, yeah. Um, That is how they got there. And I think for yourself, you mentioned, you know, maybe focusing on strength more would help someone with an eating disorder background. Do you have other things that could help? like that if someone's looking to have like a good relationship with the gym, is there anything else that you would recommend?
1: Mm. Yeah, I think like really, really focusing on those performance goals, like tracking, not your calories, not your food, not anything. tracking what weight you're moving each week, I think is really, really powerful. I think that can be a really good um, shift in focus, focusing on improving your form, focusing on, um, you know how long you were resting focusing on those performance goals i think is is huge because it's still as somebody with as somebody in active eating disorder recovery we like tracking we like numbers we like control right but it's about what we choose to control right so focusing on the number of reps that I'm getting each week or what weight I'm moving each week. I think that is a fantastic shift in focus as long as we can do it healthily or in a good way. And also just doing movements that you enjoy. Like it doesn't, I am a coach, Mark is a coach. And I think we would both agree that even though it's our job to write structured workout plans for people, movement does not always have to be so structured. I think if you enjoy dance, go take a dance class. If you want to try Zumba, like I don't, how can you not leave a Zumba class with a smile on your face? I feel like, I don't know. I've only done Zumba once, but I was happy when I did it. So if you like a movement, go try it at least once. You don't know if you're going to like it or hate it until you try it.
0: Yeah. And and don't think you have to look a certain way to try those Mm -hmm. things as well, which I think is a big one because I've
1: absolutely
0: yeah, because I've heard stories of like people want to go to the gym and they're like, well, I have to lose weight first and then go to the gym and that Mm -hmm. it's like you should do the activities you want to do. I think that's like you don't have to be a certain size to try a class or strength train or whatever it might be like Mm -hmm. go do the things you want to do. And I think when you're going to look back at your life, are you really going to be like, it's a good thing I didn't go to that class because I wasn't a size double zero. Yeah, you know, right. Like,
1: <laughs> and anticipation you know. is often worse than reality. Like anticipating going to the gym is oftentimes more anxiety-inducing than actually just going and stay for fifteen minutes. And then if you want to leave after fifteen minutes, go home. That's fine. Yeah, if you, you don't like here, it, then you at don't least like you it, tried. Yeah, at least you tried. But give it a little bit of time.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, because sometimes the first time it's not like. You didn't fall in love with it right away, but also because it's incredibly new. And I think, you know, um, even with lifting weights, it's not always you do that first session and your life changed forever. But like give it three months, give it six months and like you will notice a difference in your life for the positive. And, you know, obviously maybe we're biased, but I think strength training is also the best training out there. Um, Sorry to all my runner listeners or whoever. Honestly, those are fine too. But
1: y'all are built different. I couldn't do it. I tried. I tr- I tracked it on on TikTok. Y'all watch me crash and burn. I couldn't do it. Runners, cyclists, spinners, whatever y'all are called, built different.
0: Built I trained different. for a Crazy. 5K and hated it the whole time. <laughs> so, did was... you
1: do it? Did you do I did. Okay. I did do the wow. 5K.
0: Um, and I didn't enjoy the training. I didn't enjoy the race. I didn't, um, I I didn't get that runner's high that they talk about. Like it just like never happened for me. I never, I
1: never understood that. My uncle is a big runner and he says to me, he's like, you know, when you get like, you know, 15 minutes into a run and I'm like, first of all, no, already, already,
0: we're talking already
1: no. And then he goes, you know, when you get like 15 minutes run into a run and you're just like, you're going like, you're in the groove and like, you're not really heavy breathing anymore. No. No. I've never experienced this in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. This
0: is a completely unique experience that <laughs> I, I have a
1: lot of questions.
0: Yeah. But now, now you get me on under you know a deadlift bar, <laughs> yes. and now now I can understand you when you yeah. lift a heavy weight off the ground. Now exactly. I now I it's get really it. It's really funny. Yeah.
1: I there's there's kind of a and I don't know why my brain is going here right now, but there's kind of a a pipeline I've found from dancers to powerlifters or at least strength training in general. And I think so much of that comes from us being told we have to look a certain way and we have to be small, we have to be lengthened and lean and things like this. And now it's kind of like a big like F U to all that mindset. And it's like, watch me deadlift four hundred pounds. Like this is gonna be some bad bitch shit. Like I think it's really cool to see that that pipeline. I, I see a lot of ex dancers in powerlifting.
0: It's a cool pipeline. On yeah. the other hand, I also, cause I've worked with dancers and the, the amount of things you have to unlearn about training yeah. to get into strength training as well. Is that like, okay, everything your dance coach taught you is actually garbage and probably yeah. just <laughs> yes. and yes. also like problematic. And, you know, I, I remember, um, cause I, I've worked with a bunch of dancers now and like, they love yeah. it, but they all, they love it almost because it's not about the things they learned in dance yeah um so but i i, I hear what you're saying for sure
1: like that's yeah that's it's yeah. like a it's like a whole new world and i think we are hardwired to like give so much of ourselves to a sport it's like you have to for dance you're in the studio all the time and now it's like oh i can give so much of myself to this really cool thing that has nothing to do with how i look i'm in
0: there you go yeah i mean like i think that's why a lot of like ex-athletes go into powerlifting because it ends up being like they had this thing they are working towards and now that they still need that thing and so powerlifting kind of becomes like the sport after the sport Mm
1: -hmm. like you finished
0: football or you finished hockey or whatever and like now you're
1: competitive
0: yeah or like now you go into powerlifting um because that's like you need something to work towards still um and powerlifting is something that you can join i say later in life but i mean like you don't have to be a teenager yeah. Um, you can, you can still, you can join at 25, 30, 35 and actually become pretty successful at it. Whereas like, if you join basketball, it's like, well, if you didn't start at 10, then you're like, you're yeah. kind of ruined. You're
1: kind of screwed. Um, yeah. Or in my
0: world, you're five, nine, and it was never an option anyways. Um, so that's <laughs> the, so, but you know, it happens. Um, this has been great. I appreciate you sharing your yeah. experience. Um, and I think you've, you've opened up a whole new world to people. And I I appreciate that.
1: I feel like you have
0: so many things you could plug. Where can people find you? (laughs) What would you like to let people know about? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing that I want to leave y'all with is recovery is so possible. Um, It is not easy. It's a very winding road that a lot of times feels like you're moving backwards. And it feels like you're undoing all the hard work that you've done. The hard work has not even begun yet. Okay. All of what you've accomplished has not helped you um recovery is absolutely possible and i don't know if this is is cynical or not but i am i have been weight restored for oh gosh probably uh almost 10 years at this point and it's still something that i have to think about every day choosing recovery is an act of choice that i still make every single day um but it gets easier to make that choice.
0: Can you can you explain so, what I mean by weight restored?
1: Yeah. So when you're in eating disorder recovery, once you reach a healthy weight, you're considered weight restored. And that's where a lot of people see as recovery having ended um, because you're at a healthy weight now and you're fine and you're not though. Um, that was a really hard point for me to reach in recovery because you're kind of almost taken less seriously. Uh, you're seen as almost less sick because now you have done the work and you've been in recovery and it's really hard to keep the choice of staying in recovery going after being weight restored. So I have been weight restored for, like I said, probably almost 10 years at this point. And it's still every single day I wake up and I still have to choose recovery and it's the right choice for me to make. And some days are easier than others. Some days it's, you know, sometimes I can go months without actively thinking about it, and then other days it's an hour by hour, meal by meal choice. But what matters is that you stay on that recovery path, and I promise you, it'll get easier with time. I swear it will. Yeah. But yeah. that's not the question you asked me. Where you can? No, find no, me. all good. That was great. Yeah,
0: <laughs> where's yeah, where's the best places people can find you? Feel free to my, plug whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube are all underscore e o fit e o f i t. Awesome. You can find me there. Hang out there. We'll be besties. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. No, listen. It's always a pleasure having you on the podcast. You always have yeah. great things to share. And um, yeah, no, I just, I appreciate your time. You do great work.
1: Of course. Thank you. I always love coming on. So we'll definitely be back at it soon for sure.
0: Would love it. Yeah. And uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Badass Lifter Podcast.